Checkup Podcast. My name is John. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ that struggles with drugs, alcohol, pride, and control. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the CR Checkup Podcast. I'm so excited to have each and every one of you here with us today. My hope is that I got a chance to see you either on Monday night at our Goodyear campus or on Wednesday night at our Buckeye campus. But regardless of whether you come to our meetings or you don't, or you simply missed, or maybe you live in a different state or a different country, hey, we love you so much. We're so excited that you're joining in on the conversation. And we hope that you can do just that, that you can join in on the conversations that we started in person at both of our meetings. I'm so excited to be able to have our conversation with our testimony here today. Um, She actually shared a couple of weeks ago at our Buckeye campus and then also shared at our Goodyear campus. And so that was an absolute treat. And unfortunately, uh, I wasn't able to be there for either of them. You know, as I mentioned in our last episode, uh, we just welcomed our baby girl into this world. And so I kind of been in and out and all over the place. But I did get the pleasure to of reading it and, and also being a part of, uh, you know, this gal's life and just her recovery and just so excited, so proud of her. So uh, just I'm so excited for you guys to be able to hear a little bit. So I got her here in the studio for us. Would you please introduce yourself? Yes. Hi, everybody. My name is Nicole. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I struggle with drugs, codependency, and anger. Nicole, thank you so much for making time to be here today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this is exciting. I'm so excited to have a conversation. And we were even just talking about this before. I... I'm so excited for your story to be heard for, I think there's something obviously really empowering about sharing your story and just getting that out and kind of getting it off your chest. We, we had kind of talked about that before when you first shared your testimony, but then to also kind of use this method to be able to share your story and get it out there a little bit more. I hope that it is empowering to you, and uh, it certainly is for me, even just reading your testimony. But for the people who haven't got a chance to hear your story, would you just share with us a little bit kind of what brought you into CR, what that process was kind of like, and and what the process of getting into recovery, just kind of all of those things. Could you share just kind of briefly what, what that's been like for you? Sure, absolutely. So um, grew up in a Christian household, um, wonderful childhood, but had... Um, I guess the word is inappropriate things happened to me in my childhood. Um, That kind of led me to some mental health struggles growing up. Um, And I, again, grew up in a Christian household, but really as an adult fled from God. Um, Tried to tough out life and figure it out on my own. Um, That led me into a couple really uh, toxic relationships. Um, One of them being uh, with the father of my child. It ended up being an abusive relationship. Um, the abuse is what led me to trying drugs, um, to try to cope with that pain. Um, drugs took over my life completely. Um, and that kind of end of myself, the hitting rock bottom is really what brought me into CR. Um, we've talked about it before, dealing with consequences of things you don't want to be doing. I never Mm -hmm. set out to be an addict, um, but didn't know what to do with all of that pain. Um, and so... Having, again, addiction kind of run my life is what, and getting tired of all of that is kind of what brought me to CR. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so interesting a lot of times when I hear a lot of people's stories, not all of us kind of know what that arc looks like. And I think it's really encouraging that you kind of have a really clear understanding of what it kind of looked like for you and how it kind of led into what you were kind of struggling with. And 
what is intriguing to me about that is because we all in recovery need to figure out what that looks like, not so that we can place blame, but so that we can um, accept reality, right? That we can identify what it is that we need to work through and how we need to do that. Absolutely. And so I think that's what's beautiful about your testimony and your story is that you kind of, you have a, a real good grip on reality, I think, you know, and so as you were kind of working through those things, obviously you're raised in a Christian household and, you know, I know your family is just beautiful people and, and uh, it's just awesome to get to know even your sister a little bit better. And it's just really cool. Just even the impact kind of sidebar here, the impact that your recovery is having now on your family and stuff too yes. is, is really beautiful. And, and I love to see that. Um, but yeah, digressing from that. What was it like for you, uh, kind of jumping right back into this, uh, kind of deep, what was it like for you struggling with these things, even like with the abuse and then with like drugs and alcohol, being in a Christian household, what was that dynamic like where your parents, you know, pretty stiff armed and saying like, hey, you know, you got to figure that out or were they more kind of enabling? What, what was that kind of like for you? I feel for my family because it had to have been a tough ordeal to to sit there and watch that and feel helpless hmm. in a sense. Um, my family is great and I know that however they reacted, I know they were just doing the best that they mm, could. So good. Um, but they definitely loved me from afar because they kind of had to. I was really isolated in that relationship. Um, that's kind of how abuse works. Yeah. If you're isolated, then you know there's no family support to kind of step in. Um, but they were really just patient and waited, um, much like as I got into addiction too. Um, they just kind of sat back thinking like, I, I don't know how to handle this. I don't know how to help. I don't want to enable, but I don't just want to give up. Mm -hmm. on this loved one. Um, and so they were just wonderful. I know that's God, you know, kind of living through yeah. them. Um, and they were a key part really mm -hmm. in my recovery and me being able to go home, um, detox at home when I couldn't afford rehab. Um, yeah, they played a really, really yeah. crucial role in my life. It so. makes a world of difference having family, uh, you know, alone, but just any kind of support system, any type of, of, you know, anyone who is willing to kind of go through that with somebody right. is absolutely vital. And I think for a lot of us, unfortunately, what happens is we burn all those bridges and then it becomes even more difficult to really, you know, find that path. But so once you kind of, you realize, because I'm sure even with the abuse, it was kind of a, maybe a slow burn. It wasn't like an all of a sudden, maybe did you have a light bulb moment where you're like, okay, this isn't right? Or was it kind of a progressive thing? It was definitely progressive, which I feel like abuse kind of always Generally, always works that way. Yeah. Um, to where you wake up one day and you're thinking, "How did I get here? How yeah. did this happen?" It always started as, or for me, it started with verbal abuse. Yeah. Um, that I just would write off and and justify mm. in my mind. Um, a lot of what kept me in that relationship is my parents were still married, and I wanted to give my daughter like that whole yeah. family. Um. But it just, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Yeah. And I, I think my, unfortunately, it had to get really bad for me. Um, one of my light bulb moments was, um, like I share my testimony, um, I was abused and the police were called. And because they found out my daughter was there when it happened, um, they were going to charge me with neglect mm. and opened up a CPS case against me. Thank God I 
I, you know, complied and it eventually was dropped. But that was definitely one of my light bulb mm-hmm. moments that I have to make a change here and I can't allow my daughter to watch me get treated like this yeah. and think that it's okay, it's acceptable. Mm-hmm. So, Did it kind of shift at that moment for you? A lot of us when we're experiencing things kind of lie to ourselves in this and like, this is only affecting me or maybe we can even give into that lie of thinking like, you know, whatever's happening to me is supposed to be happening to me or I'm, you know, those, whenever that kind of shifted and you saw what was happening now with your daughter, did you, was that a part of it? Did you kind of start to see, okay, this is affecting now more than, than just me. And so that's what kind of needs to change there. Did that play a part in it? Or? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I lied to myself and told me, I told myself she's young and she's yeah. not hearing what's going on or she doesn't understand. Um, and as she gets older, I, I've come to realize, and with her asking questions and things like that, I realize she heard and saw a lot more than what I thought. Um, but yeah, with, with my daughter, with my family, um, just as I entered closer to recovery, I started realizing all the choices I made in my mm-hmm. life didn't just affect me. They affect everybody that I love and care about. Yeah. Um, but it was really my daughter, and it, it's why I feel like having her save my life. Um, mm-hmm. Because if she wasn't there, I don't know if I ever would have left. I don't know, yeah. you know, if I would have had that motivation to really change things. So. Yeah. And I and I'm, I hate to even keep on talking. I know it's a difficult thing to talk about. And I, I'm so sorry that you even went through that. You should obviously have never had to deal with that and never had to have gone through those things. But but just talking and talking about it is hard, but it's it's so common unfortunately you're certainly not the only person that has gone through there and and it's it's so much more common especially with like just like the verbal abuse and not to even single it out like just verbal abuse because that can be very damaging very hurtful right but it's so common and that's why i think it's important to to talk about these things and get this out there and and so you begin to see how this is affecting even your daughter and she's kind of coming to this age point where she's starting to see a little bit more, but inside of you, what kind of was, was it after, or was it kind of in those moments that something changed in you also that was like, what changed for you to say, that's not okay for me. Like I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be accepting this type of life for myself. What, did that happen then or was that kind of gradual after the fact with recovery that you started to see what really you had been subjected to or are you able to kind of identify that yet? Absolutely. And I do think it happened for me after the fact. Yeah. Um, I think it's like that for most of what I go through. I, I need time after. I yeah. need that that perspective that some time gives you. Um, but yeah, for me, it was um, that the bruises started, you know, instead of them just being, you know, from the neck down, now it was on my face and it was getting harder to hide. Um, I'd go see my family, um, you know, after some time and have a black eye or something like that and, and having to answer or make up lies. Mm. Um, it just got really exhausting beyond mm. just physical and emotional abuse. Um that life, trying to keep up that life just got really, really tiring. Hmm. Yeah, I can definitely relate. And so we, and you're all the meanwhile and all this too, drugs are involved in is, was that a big part of 
also too, just trying to figure out what all that looked like? Did you feel like that was a part of what kept you in there so long was Absolutely. the drug use and just oh. the way that was kind of working on your brain? Absolutely. Definitely. We um, used drugs since we had started dating. Um, and again, you justify in your mind, we always uh, just smoked weed. And yeah. so in my head, I thought that's natural. Yeah. You know, we can do that. But yes, my brain got addicted to it. It mm. became the only comfort yeah. that I had. Um, so it was easy once I got out of that abusive relationship to continue that. Um, and I hate to sound cliche, but I think it really was a gateway into me trying harder drugs. Oh yeah, because it wasn't it wasn't numbing the pain like it used to. Yeah. So I, it's yeah, it is so funny that it's cliche to say that, and like people kind of roll their eyes at that. But I I'm a firm believer of it, and I don't think it's necessarily like you know, it's one drug to the next. But I think for me personally, and for the most people that I talk to, it's like, what do I become acceptable to? Like, like, what am I willing to try to grasp to try to, you know, ease my pain or do that kind of stuff. And once I kind of open that up, and I say, okay, well, this is acceptable, like you said, well, well it's natural, right? Oh, this, you know, mm-hmm. and I did the same thing. Well, it's natural. And then I'm, I started finding, well, other things that are natural, like mushrooms or, you know, other things that, well, you know, I can justify it. And then till one day, kind of just the lines get blurred. And then I end up doing something that I didn't think I was going to do. But because I had made those allowances, all of a sudden now here, I'm at this point where I just wasn't prepared to you know, deny this other thing. Absolutely. So I do, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think that that's, that's, uh, I, I believe in that, you know, and, and in all things, you know, gateways to, it's just whatever I open myself up to, you know, it's like a never ending, it's a pitless hole, you know, that we were jumping into with that. Absolutely. So to kind of shift gears here now. So what was it like you, so your family comes to church and that's how you kind of heard about Celebrate Recovery or how, what did that look like once you got in and started working through it? Uh, kind of what, what's that looking like? So I had heard ironically from CR, um, my dad came to CR years ago, hmm. um, to help manage his anger. Hmm. And we saw that transformation in him as a family. Wow. And so Back then, even I thought, I don't know what he went to or what they did in there, but it did some incredible things for him. Um, So, yeah, it was kind of no question when I was struggling with addiction. um, I had family, my counselor all telling me, you should really go to CR. You should really try. Um, And I was very resistant. I was (laughs) very resistant. I was so convinced that I didn't need help like that. I'm not even an addict like that, you know, that I I need 12 steps. Um, But that's just the lies, you know, from the enemy um, and and trying to keep you down because I swear once you step in that room, everything just feels right. You know, I feel like it's impossible to go to a CR meeting and have a bad time and Mm. walk away saying, I wish I never, you know, went to that. (laughs) Something incredible, life changing just always happens. Amen. Yeah. Um, And I think I stayed resistant to it, you know, for the first part of my recovery. I found little things about CR that I didn't like and, (laughs) you know, um, open share. I thought we just go and bear our souls like that and then say, you know, thank you for sharing. And next. And I thought, no. (laughs) Right. What's ironic is I never understood how healing that could be. Like you said, you know, it's hard to talk about these things, but if we talk about them, there's something that they take, it takes the power away from them. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, just something very healing about being open and vulnerable with, with other people trying to do the same thing you're doing. Yeah. Just well, it's funny, even healing. just to that point, it's like, it's so funny how a lot of us like live life and we're like, I just wish somebody would just listen to me and like not try to interject and not, you know, force their ideas on me. And then we come to something like Celebrate Recovery where we're like, yeah, this is a part of the rules. Like we don't cross talk. We don't, we don't share on what everything else. And then it's kind of like, okay, this is weird. How come nobody's trying to help me? Like, right. you know, but, but it's so out of the norm. Yes. But yeah, you keep on coming back and you experience that like, oh, I can share here and somebody's not going to take that and hold that against me that once we walk out of that door, so, Hey, how's it, you know, and everything is all good. Yes. And, and, you know, if you need to talk about it, you can keep t- talking about it, but if you don't want to, it's all business as usual. And you don't have to worry about, you know, those things carrying or following you out of there. And I think that that is right. so freeing and it's amazing that we even have the opportunity to do stuff like that. And it's, it is something that, at our groups, and you obviously know this, being you know volunteering and taking on leadership capacities, like we take that very serious. Like that's right. a, it's absolutely foundational to our program and making sure that we are guarding that part of our group that people aren't trying to fix each other and that they know that we can leave here. And people aren't going to be talking about it outside. Absolutely. So sorry, I, I t- cut you off there, but. Um, so you you started working through recovery, and then you got into a step study, and then yes. you started serving, and then you shared your testimony, and you celebrated a year not too long ago, right? Yes. And God has just been doing a mighty work in you, and it's been absolutely awesome to see you just blossom and flourish and open up and become more you, and just, it's it's been absolutely incredible. So in this journey, just because we obviously can't talk about it all, what's kind of a big thing that maybe is, a, is just like resonating with you through this, something that God's been doing in your life, or something really exciting that you would just love to share about that? Um, there's, like you said, there's a lot, there <laughs> is a lot. I almost feel like I got on a, a roller coaster ride or yeah. something and I just, all I did was get on and God kind of did the rest. Wow. That's so good. I like that. Um, but I think one of the biggest things is, um, I used to have, I think, uh, sometimes a, a victim mentality, um, mm. that all these bad things always happen to me. Um, and then getting into recovery and really owning my part, you know, of, of things I've done um, and even just validating my experience and, and the pain I've went through, um, th- my life just started changing, obviously. But what I noticed is um, God's blessings, mm. just things that shouldn't happen and don't normally happen kept happening to me, wow. um, just things you can't explain. You know, I feel like when something amazing happens to you and you just can't explain it, but everything lined up. I just feel like that's God. Yeah. And I felt like he was doing things like that for me every single step of the way to where I couldn't back out. I thought, Mm. how can I back out of this now? My life is the best it's ever been. I used to wake up every day feeling like I couldn't breathe. Like Mm. I was just drowning in life. Um, And in recovery, my experience, I would wake up every day just feeling light Mm. and, you know, excited and hopeful for every day. And that was just so opposite of how I was living. Yeah. So. Yeah, it is. It is definitely the miracles of the program and what what God chooses to do through it. And 
it is. It's absolutely freeing. And yeah, it's so weird to look back and, and feel like I was so in opposition to all of this. Yes. You know, it was just like I was, you know, I couldn't see it. And yes, it just, I don't know if it's definitely not the same for everybody and can't always pinpoint like where exactly it happened. It's just we keep coming back. We keep doing what the program is asking us. And then slowly but surely we look back and we go, oh, my gosh, my life is completely different. Yes. And I don't want to go and do those things anymore. And yes. it's still a process. But, yeah, it's a, it's completely life changing. And I'm so absolutely grateful to God that he's, he's done it for you and that he's doing it for you and uh, that you're choosing to not just stop there, but turn around and help, help the next person, which is just absolutely awesome. And definitely. so um, speaking of which kind of in our group right now, we're, we've been talking about step 10, we're wrapping up our conversation about step 10, um, where we uh, continue to take personal inventory. And we, when we were wrong, we promptly admitted it. So I was just wondering kind of what were your thoughts on that? Like, What's something that maybe pops out to you that you're you're now trying to share with another person or maybe what was your experience with it? Anything like that that you'd like to share? The inventory, while I know it's, it's tough work, it's, you know, you have to dig deep. Um, but while I know it's tough, it was especially healing for me, um, especially working through um, the incidents of abuse and yeah. recognizing I had no part in that Um and just writing that down on paper, um, there is just something really powerful yeah. about getting that out and seeing the patterns in your life. I started noticing patterns with my family and with uh, relationships that I just don't think I would have come to that realization without doing that work. Yeah. Um, and I needed to be in prayer a lot doing mm. the inventory. This is my second time around doing it now. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that even more. Um, cause I just get in my head and, and it's hard for me to, you know, come to those kind of realizations. I have to be in the word and I have to be in prayer, um, to kind of have God enlighten me. Yeah. So. That's so good. And I, it's something I think that we continue to talk about is like pen on paper, right? Like there's something just so different about seeing my experiences, like my thoughts on a piece of paper in my own handwriting that makes it undeniable that I say, oh, crap, like maybe I never even, like I've thought about that maybe my whole life, but I never actually came to terms with it because it was just a thought. And probably I've been trying to disregard it for a really long time. It's always been there. It's always been present, but I'm always trying to deny it or I'm always trying to, you know, just stuff it down. And finally I see it in my own handwriting. I say, oh, my gosh, I really, it's undeniable at that point. And then we have that choice that we can actually do something about it and we don't have to be plagued by it constantly. And right. so I, I, yeah, I'm a firm believer in the inventory and then that continuous like that. I don't want to let things go unnoticed that I'm going to try to stay up on top of this so that, you know, I can, like you said, keep what the program has given me. I don't want to forfeit this now, yes. you know, and yes. if I want to keep what I have, I got to keep on doing what gave it to me, what brought it to me. And so. Exactly. And yeah. It's incredible. The, the joy that you get from this program and how you don't want to keep it all to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you get filled with it and all you want to do is just give it to other people yeah. and experience that with other people. Um, and I'm excited to do the, my, like I said, doing my second round of inventory, but now I'm doing it as a sponsor. Yeah. Um, so I'll be excited to, you know, to work through that with my sponsees and yeah. 
Kind of and you listeners, you can't tell, like, Nicole just lit up right now. She's talking about being the sponsor. <laughs> like, this is what's awesome about the programs. You take it and you're like, oh, my gosh, I found, like, this thing that's incredible. You know, God's blessing is all over this thing. I want to turn around and I want to give it to the next person. And sometimes, you know, you probably experience it. People are like, okay, dude, like, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's hard to sometimes share this with the next person, especially when we it's something that has recovery and that hey you should check out celebrate recovery whoa you know what do you who do you think i am and it's yes. like oh, okay buddy like calm down it's not what you think it is or maybe it is i don't know but yeah it's like once you realize it you're like man i just want everybody to experience it and absolutely it's hard <laughs> it is it is but i think sometimes the best way to even just be an example of that is just to live it out yeah. and i think time and being consistent really oh, yeah. shows people um, like you were saying, my sister started coming Yeah. and as much as I always wanted her to go, I never, you know, pushed her too hard to join me. And then out of nowhere, she just started coming and yeah. joined in the, with the step study. Yeah. And so obviously I'm elated. Like you know, that's what I always wanted, but people have to go at their time yeah. when they're ready, yeah. you know? Well, I got to believe that even, you know, all these years later, your dad going to group and seeing what it did obviously had an impact and it took it took you a little longer than it took your sister yeah. probably thankfully right but yes thank god it's it is you you see that and you say okay man like there's something here and 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 so i think that's really beautiful kind of to wrap up here i would love if you kind of just share with the newcomer kind of talk talking about this in this way you know sharing it trying to bring people in once people show up, what is important for them to know? Like, what do you want to let the newcomer know um, who's just fresh, just coming in, maybe still got shakes, maybe still really mm. fresh from that trauma or from that abuse or from what that habit or whatever it is? What what would you want them to know kind of getting started out? That was that was me for sure. Getting yeah. into it. Like I said, I was fresh out of a detox, um, physically very uncomfortable. Um what I would suggest to the newcomer is just keep coming. Yeah. Um, obviously, if you if you end up in a meeting like that, there's something talking to you. Mm -hmm. If it's if it's God's whisper or just your own intuition, something telling you, um, you know, to be searching for something. Mm. Um, which I love that. I know it's always us searching for God. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just keep coming. And I love how you've explained that before that I don't, I can't really explain how this works, yeah. but it works and yeah. it's the consistency of it. You just start feeling lighter and more joy and every CR obviously is a great CR, but what we have out there in Buckeye <laughs> is just, <laughs> that's, fun, huh? yeah, it's a, it's a second family. I always feel like on Wednesdays, like I go home. Yeah. It's what it feels like. Um, like this, this family that will never judge you and love you and accept you. And it's just a great place to be. Yeah. So just keep coming. Yeah. I, and it's so funny. Cause like, it's like, what else can you say? Like, you know, you, you right. just got to experience it. You just got to come and give it a shot, you know? And I feel like anybody that we could ever talk to say like, Hey, do you, are you completely satisfied with your life? And mm -hmm. it's like, mm, you know, most people aren't, you know, and to be honest, I'm not feeling that way very often either. And that's why I keep coming back. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm trying my best to learn how to find my sufficiency in Christ completely. And in order for me to do that, I got to keep on coming back. I got to keep on working the principles and the steps, keep on shedding off my old ways and taking on Christ's ways and I need a family to do that. And, you know, you came in, uh, it's been a couple, about a year and a half kind of mm -hmm. since you started. And, yeah. and I hope 
I, I, I hope and I believe that you did feel like you were welcomed and family right away. Right? Instantly. And, yeah. Instantly. And that's how we are. That's how we want to be. Like we are friends. We are family. And everybody who walks through the door gets the same treatment. Like, yes. you know, and we've said that before, even it was one person who comes in the door, you know, a hundred, we're going to be the same because this is what the program is about, you know? And yeah, I do think you're you're right. There's something really special going on in Buckeye right now, Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. at the yes. Yonker campus. <laughs> so you can come and check us out. But yeah, find a group, get connected. And, you know, like Nicole said, just keep on coming back. So Absolutely. Nicole, thank you so much for spending some time here with us today and just thank sharing you. your story. And I uh, just pray that God blesses you and your, your beautiful daughter and just thank everything you. that you got going on, your family. And I uh, pray that you keep on doing what you're doing. And I'm so proud of you and can't wait to see what God's going to do for you next. Thank you. Thank you, John. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to the CR Checkup Podcast. This podcast is meant to start conversations, not end them. So we encourage you to continue having conversations wherever you're at. And if you're enjoying this podcast, then please share it with someone else. You can also reach us by emailing recovery at palmvalley.org.